everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding national liberal arts college. And we try to get that done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this 26th edition of the 1853 podcast of Monmouth's 2018-19 school year, we'll find out what became of members of Monmouth's class of 2018. We'll preview the upcoming production of Oliver, which opens in two weeks at the Wells Theater, and Sports Information Director Dan Nolan will catch us up on what's happened with spring sports at Monmouth College. Before we get into this week's program, a few notes about events on campus. Later in the podcast, we'll get a preview of the timeless musical, Oliver. But while you're waiting to hear that preview, now is a good time to go ahead and get your tickets for the production. The Lionel Bart Classic, which is co-produced by the Buchanan Center for the Arts, will be presented April 11 through April 14 in the Wells Theater right here on the Monmouth College campus. To get your tickets, go to the Monmouth College Theater homepage, and that address is monmouthcollege.edu slash theater, theater is spelled R-E. And don't forget that the art show Wild Things, Nature and Social Imagination, which features the works of artist Sandra Williams of the University of Nebraska, is now on display in the Everett Gallery, which is on the upper floor of the Hughes Library. That show runs through April 7. And you can read more about the show in the news section of the Monmouth College website. That address is monmouthcollege.edu news. It's almost been a year since members of Monmouth College's class of 2018 received their diplomas in front of Wallace Hall. And judging by the early reports, they are succeeding in their next step after college and they're grateful for the experiences they gained while at Monmouth. A total of 98% of Monmouth's class of 2018 are either in professional positions or have continued their education in graduate or professional schools. Those are some of the findings of what's known as the First Destination Survey. It's a national study in which Monmouth annually participates. Joining us to break down the First Destination Survey and shares other nuggets of news with us is Jenny Sandberg. She's Monmouth's Assistant Director of Career Development and the point person for internships in the Wackerly Career and Leadership Center. As Jenny explains, what makes the results of Monmouth's First Destination Survey even more valuable is its high response rate. Sure, so our survey, we had an 81% response rate. So we have knowledge of 81% of our class of 2018, uh, which uh, is much higher than the national average, which is um, in the kind of lower 60%. Uh, And so we're really fortunate to have graduates who uh, respond to our survey um, because they had such a great experience here at Monmouth College and they want to tell us what they're up to. As Jenny says, that the response rate had a lot of good news about members of Mama's class of 2018. 
What our response rate told us this year uh, is we have uh, career outcomes, 73% are employed, while 27% are either uh, in graduate or professional school. And that uh, 27% is up this year significantly. We were up um, last year at 20%, and this year we've increased to that 27 So we're really excited to see that number grow. Jenny says the first destination results also show that more Monmouth graduates are interested in pursuing a year or two of service as a way to prepare for their careers. So this year we had about a 30% jump in students participating in service opportunities such as City Year or the Peace Corps, which really shows that our students want to have a significant experience uh, giving service or giving back uh, before going on to their uh, graduate school or their next careers. And Jenny says that the results also underscore the fact that the holistic experience that students have at Monmouth does an outstanding job preparing them for life after college. Well, students are really prepared for, you know, the service opportunities for their school, uh, for their graduate or professional school after uh, graduation or for employment because of really the advising that they receive. It's the academic experience uh, that they have here within um, and the relationships they build with their faculty members. But we believe in a holistic advising approach. So everybody on campus is on board um, to help all of our students succeed across the board, whether they're talking with someone in registrar, their academic advisor, their faculty member in the classroom, someone here in the Wackerly, uh, so on and so forth. We are all on board to make sure that they're on, they're putting their best foot forward and they're succeeding. Another reason Mama's students continue to do well after graduation is because of the Wackerly Center's innovative approach to working with students. The Wackerly, uh, we have a unique philosophy. We're the Career and Leadership Center, which is actually fairly rare. Uh, you don't see that uh, in a lot of institutions, but what it works for us uh, is because, because we uh, firmly believe that the career and leadership go hand in hand together to prepare a student for that next step after graduation. And so we've been practicing this model for the last 20 years. Uh, students uh, go through a number of different programs uh, for leadership development, understanding their own leadership style, their own leadership philosophy. We help with major and career exploration, students kind of on the fence about what they want to do, graduate and professional school prep, any kind of applications uh, a student is working on, they can come in and bring that into us and we can walk it through, walk through that with them step by step, uh, resume guidance, um, career exploration, connecting with alumni, uh, kind of the sky is the limit. We try to help our students um, the best way we can uh, using the resources that we have available. That's Jenny Sandberg. She's Mama's Assistant Director of Career Development, discussing the results of the first destination survey of the Mammoth class of 2018. To read more about Mammoth's first destination survey, check out the story on the cover of the Mammoth College website, mammothcollege.edu. This is the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. From April 11th through April 14th, the stage of Wells Theater will be transformed into Dickensian London as the Monmouth Department of Theater presents the musical Oliver. Adapted from the Charles Dickens novel Oliver Twist by Lionel Bart, Oliver is one of the classic musicals from the 1960s. And although Oliver is nearly 60 years old, Mama Theater professor Vanessa Campagna, who's directing the production, 
says it has some timeless themes, including the theme of home. I do. Well, there's a child protagonist, which is always unique. The fact that this child is perpetually searching for home and for community, it's very endearing. It makes it an absolutely human story. We all have felt that that loneliness or that sense of belonging or not belonging and, and wanting to find our place, wanting to feel secure. And so that's really where I found my entrance point to this work, particularly as it is a community production, this idea of staging Oliver on a residential campus where our students are home here on the campus and our community members are coming from their home in Monmouth to the college here in Monmouth to work together. Um, the, th the themes of community and home are salient in the text, but really wanted to push them in my staging of the work. Mama's production of Oliver is being done in conjunction with the Buchanan Center for the Arts, which Vanessa says is a good example of the kind of home that Monmouth College enjoys. So the partnership with the Buchanan Center for the Arts is certainly something that I think is a lot for the college to be proud of. Um, it's, an, it's an amazing opportunity when you're in a small town that A has an art center, B that has an art center that is good, and C an art center that wants to partner with you. Um, that just doesn't happen in large communities. Um, maybe without a lot of pushing and pulling and bargaining and here it was seamless. The partnership is a little different than it used to be and I think it's going really wonderfully that in alternating years we're either working on a holiday show in partnership with the community or a musical year in partnership. Vanessa says that Oliver has held up over more than half a century for a number of reasons and the, one, the production that the audience members will see at Monmouth will be a fine interpretation of the stage classic. It's just recently revised in London in 2009. Um, the, the music is more robust now. The orchestration has developed in, in really exciting ways. Um, the true narrative is still there. It's a, it's a long plot. Um, we've made some judicious cuts um, that preserve the integrity of the story, but also knowing that we have young performers and, and folks who don't have the training necessarily to undertake a full three-hour musical, or perhaps not even the interest of sitting through a three-hour musical, and we've made it digestible while still preserving that story. So I think it, it has absolutely um, endured the proverbial test of time, and I think our production's going to hold up really nicely and make meaningful contributions to that. Mama's production of Oliver is the first time Vanessa has been involved with the musical during her theater career. And she says that she's discovered a lot of rich qualities in the show, including the character Fagin. He's an elderly thief who oversees a gang of child pickpockets who roam the streets of London. And I'm really, really enjoying it. There's a lot of unique opportunities in the script. Fagin is absolutely comedic relief. And you could laugh at him and leave it at that. But he is this character that faces this tremendous ethical dilemma. Uh, I need to survive amidst these really dire economic circumstances of Victorian London. And he makes choices that probably most of us wouldn't agree with. He's exploiting children and he is a thief. And at the end of the play, he actually discovers that there is a better way for him. 
And so exploring the depth to that character has been really rewarding. I'll also say that the, the plot in and of itself has some deeper, more significant motifs that when you think about um, consider yourself at home, you don't really dig deep. But yet there's food insecurity in this musical. There is homelessness. There's domestic violence. And there's abandonment. And a slew of other really um, weighty subject matters. And they're not at the fore all of the time, but that's really there. And so we've found some really nice moments in the rehearsal process to pause and identify these social political issues that in the 21st century, we absolutely should be speaking about. That's Monmouth Theater professor Vanessa Campagna. She's the director of the upcoming production of Oliver, which is a joint production with the Buchanan Center for the Arts. Be sure to get your tickets now for what promises to be another wonderful production. The show will be presented April 11th through April 14 at the Wells Theater, and you can get your tickets online at monmouthcollege.edu slash theater, and that's theater spelled R-E. Before we head into this week's athletic segment, a reminder of the numerous ways in which you can follow Monmouth College in the social media spectrum. The college's main Facebook page is facebook.com slash Monmouth College. The college's main Twitter account is at Monmouth. The college is on Instagram at Monmouth College. And if you're on Snapchat, be sure to follow Monmouth College on Snapchat at This Is Monmouth. And to celebrate spring musically, check out Monmouth College on Spotify for some great recommendations. It was a very late Tuesday night for men's lacrosse at Bobby Wall Memorial Field at April Zorn Memorial Stadium. The Monmouth and Dubuque teams played four overtimes before the visiting Spartans escaped with a 7-6 win. Joining us to talk lacrosse and other spring sports at Monmouth is Sports Information Director Dan Nolan. He's the man behind MonmouthScots.com, your official home on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. Tuesday night's four-overtime affair was the longest game in the career of Monmouth coach Chris Kleiber, and Dan says the evening was also a first for him as well in the more than two decades he's been covering college athletics. Uh, you know, every uh, day in the shop you see something different, and uh, that was definitely the case Tuesday night. Four overtimes for the men's game, uh, and it seemed like it was going to go maybe another four. Uh, uh, we just really battled uh, tooth and nail and uh, with Dubuque, and uh, it was great to see Kyle Hatfield, a freshman, score back-to-back goals for us in the first half, and his second goal tied it at three-all at the half, and uh, then we traded goals in the second half. Got down to the final minute, trailing by a goal. And, uh, Chase Cranford scored for us, got the uh, uh, the game tire, made it 6-6. And then uh, just back and forth in the in the overtimes, play four-minute overtime periods, and neither team really got much going. Uh, and then, uh, unfortunately, with about uh, 30 seconds left, uh, Dubuque scored the game winner in the fourth overtime. Uh, that was the first uh, four-overtime game Coach Kleiber had ever been involved in. So uh, he, he – uh, chartered new territory and it was really it was a fun game though the the crowd was into it from the start and uh, really just a, a great game except for the outcome this is the third season for men's and women's lacrosse at monmouth 
And Dan says that both sports continue to grow, both in quality as well as in popularity. We really have uh, grown a lot. Uh, of course, we're, we're going to uh, have a ways to go to beat the very first crowd we had when we opened up three years ago. It was 80 degrees in February, so that, that helped out a lot. Uh, but yeah, the men are getting good crowds. Women are getting decent crowds. And, and the women off to a 4-2 and two start going into uh, Wednesday night's game up at uh, Augustana. That's their best start in uh, program history and, and doubled their win total from a year ago already. Uh, so the women are really making a uh, strides by leaps and bounds and you can just uh, can see it if, if you saw them last year and the year before uh, to see them this year uh, they've made a tremendous uh, jump forward so that's been great to see and and uh, coach Kleiber's men you know we're we're down uh, our two leading scorers from a year ago uh, Thomas Van Alstein studying abroad uh, I'll have to talk to him about that uh, but uh, uh, and then uh, Jeff Knapp has been out with an injury he's missed about half the game so uh, even with that uh, it's been an exciting year for the men and uh, looking forward to this uh, last half of the season. Coach Peter Allis' women's water polo team continues to make waves on not only the water, but on the regional and on the national stage. Uh, ranked number two in the conference. They've got a big tournament this weekend, and uh, they're up to number nine in the nation. So, you know, we we think if we can uh, get a 4-0 weekend, we'll make another big jump. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens there uh, for the women's water polo team. Track and Field opens its outdoor season this Saturday with a two-day meet down at Washington University in St. Louis. And Dan says that the Mammoth baseball and softball teams are trying to get things right in their respective diamonds. Ball uh, has uh, been trying to find their hitting shoes. They came out of Florida red hot, but have since cooled. But uh, knowing uh, Coach Paterni, he'll get them uh, turned around, and and we'll start hitting the ball uh, again. And you know, we open up conference play this weekend. Uh, softball has been uh, trying to find uh, uh, their groove, and uh, they actually uh, will start conference play this weekend too. And those are the games that matter. Men's tennis opened its conference play in a big way. And the men's golf team is scheduled to compete this weekend at the Blackburn College Invite. Uh, the tennis team uh, won their conference opener, opener with Knox, uh, won 8-1. Uh, we're going to have to have a little talk with the one guy that didn't win his <laughs> his match, but uh, it was really a close one. And uh, they're actually uh, headed north this weekend for more conference play. And uh, men's golf, uh, weather permitting, be playing this weekend also. And uh, they're making some strides too. And, and it's like all the other sports um, that are uh, in a conference mode. You're gearing toward conference. Conference and men's tennis and men's golf are doing the same thing right there. And That's Monmouth Sports Information Director Dan Nolan. He's the man behind MonmouthScots.com, your official spot on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. Don't forget that you can follow all of Monmouth College Athletics on Twitter, and you can do that at MC Fighting Scots. And that's going to be a 30 for this 26th edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast of the 2018-19 school year. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day.